Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Kylie Jenner. Hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Hey there and welcome back folks Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz And can somebody please tell me where this year went Oh my god guys Oh my god We are, what, a week and a half away from Christmas We are deep in the throes of Hanukkah And if there's another holiday that's being celebrated out there at this time We're in that too But where did the time go. It's also like 20 days to my 40th birthday. And I mean, we blinked and this crazy, crazy year was over. Was just over. I just, I'm really having a hard time here. I'm just (laughs) having a hard time remembering what happened this year. Anywho, um, Today, or this week, I should say, yet another gift guide. Yours truly, yep, has not one, but two gift guides out this year for your holiday shopping pleasure. And in writing this second gift guide for West 42nd Street Magazine, you can go to w42st.com and see yet another small business, small, like women-owned, POC-owned, small business, like holiday gift guide for all your shopping needs. But in this... um, in writing these holiday gift guides, you know, I was thinking about like just where this year went and whatnot. And, you know, in remembering, listen, we all learned a new skill, right? Most of us, at least. We all danced our lives away with Mark Kinemura. A ton of us, you know, just like really figured this out. Even if you were just sitting at home figuring out like the anxiety and the depression of it all, because that's 100% real. I have to say, I'm really proud of us because this, this was something else, y'all. And 
And you know, if you haven't heard it, I am proud of you. So um, yeah, that's that. Go check out the gift guides if you haven't done shopping yet. And also speaking of shopping, yours truly has merch. You can be, you know, just like a super fan and buy all the merch on themunoz.com and all the mouth merch is there. It's really cute. Shout out to Justin Quackenbush who helped helped me design everything. And um, yeah, that's that's it for my musings today. Moving right along, I'm really, really excited to get today's guest on the pod with me because, I mean, the end of this year ended really, really well for just this podcast. Um, and I'm, you know what? I have to say I'm really happy that I could be here as like a source of entertainment for y'all out there too during this time. You all have shown me a lot, a lot of love. And all that my guests have been really, really great. And today's guest is no different. Please join me in welcoming yet another gay food celebrity, the one, the only Joey Sladani. Say hi. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Lordy, lordy, look who's 40, I should be saying. Oh my God. Yes. But look, if this is what 40 looks like, I accept bitch. Yeah. Whatever you old bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you look amazing. Um, I would have never guessed ever. Yeah, listen, listen, I have one wrinkle. It's right here. It's the zoom filter. Don't lie. Honey, listen, beige don't age. Brown don't frown, honey. Brown don't frown. What this rhymes is- with like Sicilian and oily doesn't age because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? Um, hopefully you didn't you're not from where that part of Sicily where Rachel Ray is. Shout out to you. I have lots of love for you. But like <laughs> she's she's developed into that like old like Sicilian like nona. Like, have you seen her yeah. recently? I was like, well, oh yeah, she went through a phase where she had an obsession with fillers that was very obvious. And, you know, <laughs> HDTV is not forgiving. So I love her. I think, like, she stands for everything that I'm about when it comes to cooking. And yeah. I've met her a few times and she's delightful. But, uh, yeah, there was a definite filler phase <laughs> where I just wanted to be like, girl, you're naturally gorgeous. You don't need to puff those cheeks up any bigger. <laughs> I mean... Sorry, Rachel. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Canceling myself already. (laughs) But do you, girl. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. That's what I have to say. You know what? If you want want cheeks that, you know, press your eyelids into your eyeballs, then... God bless. I mean, we are off to the races today, <laughs> people. <laughs> I told you today was going to be a good one. Yeah, I, um, I have no filter. It's bad. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. And I can't thank you enough for giving me of your time. But before we get anywhere, Joey, in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I want to wish you on this day a happy National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Oh, <laughs> well, I put chocolate on practically everything. So <laughs> an appropriate holiday for me. <laughs> Thank you for the, the, the no, kind words. <laughs> I have said this uh, probably about a million times at this point. Um, I don't know who comes up with these things. Like what national chat? We have really, it's the end of the year. We're in a pandemic and we really have run out of things to celebrate. National chocolate covered anything. I think Hallmark probably came up with these because they want any excuse to put out a card. But uh, um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. we used to write about it a lot. I mean, honestly, when I had my start at Food and Wine, we would have a database of these national food holidays. 
And sometimes it's an SEO win, you know, like one day National Macaroni and Cheese Day may be trending out of nowhere. And we want to put out that content and make sure we're on page one of Google. So there is like a, a business strategy around them from the food editorial world. But yeah, it's you very know, arbitrary and random. <laughs> you know what? You're probably, you are, not probably, the first guest that has had a really like, really, really good explanation for these random food holidays. Because everyone, I ask everyone and everyone's like, oh, you know, someone just needed something to do or that's, that was good. I it's like capitalism, that. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we need to make Wait some coin here. That's Hello? why we've got these food holidays and Hello? chance to make money and do monetize. You rem- <laughs> do you remember that whole thing that happened? Speaking of monetizing and chocolate covered things, that whole thing that went around about like, you can get like, a chocolate anus mold. Like, yeah, I would love one of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I totally remember. I think like, I don't know what the Google algorithm was or the the Facebook algorithm because I was getting like fed those ads. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, what is this saying about me? Um, But I would love to take a mold of my own asshole. I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) Right? I pride myself on a cute little hole. (laughs) Uh, uh I mean, spoken like a true health kitchen coolie. <laughs> I mean, I, people will pay for that. So Yes, I mean, yours and mine together, especially these days, it is pristine and perfect. And moving right along into this day in gay history, because here on In Your Mouth, we like to call on our gay ancestors. Did you know, Joey, that in 1983, Mel Brooks's To Be or Not To Be, a remake of the Ernst Lubitsch, the Lubitsch, I can't, I can't speak, classic, <laughs> becomes the first mainstream Hollywood film to not only acknowledge Nazi persecution of homosexual, homosexuals, but also make it a key plot element. Look at that. Wow, what a pivot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a pivot. <laughs> but it's not, assholes, Holocaust. Yes, like. but it's not but it's Mel, it's Mel Brooks. And yeah, Mel Brooks would totally be here. All together. Uh, to tie that all in a pretty yeah. in a pretty bow. Interesting. All right. Love that little tidbit. Yeah, no, put that. Have you seen this movie to be or not to be? No, to I be. have not, actually. Well, I mean, put that on your holiday watch list. Sounds sounds something that's going to bring me so much joy and happiness. <laughs> <laughs> but it's once again Mel Brooks. I mean, true, true, true. I love I love a Mel Brooks uh, flick. You know, History of yeah. the World. Yeah, uh, Blazing Saddles. Exactly. Yeah, the classics. the classics. But no, haven't seen this one. <laughs> no, neither neither have I. Mm-hmm. And I mean, why not? Shout out to you, Mel Brooks, for uh, always keeping it funny. Uh, here, yeah. <laughs> here, yeah. and every day. So, like, that was a happy little news moment. Yeah. I thought for the day. The other ones today were a little like down and out, and I wanted to keep it <laughs> somewhat. But when joyous. you said when you said, but you still threw the Nazi word in, so that was like a. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm, yes. I'm curious though if there's like a dark humor <laughs> taken to this because oh, everything. Always. Yeah, but I'm wondering like how dark he goes. I don't, um. I mean, have to watch it. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks was part of the Borscht Circuit. You know that like yeah. very specific type of comedy, and of course, he he was forever pushing the envelope. Yeah, yeah, or absolutely, ever pushing the envelope. But so I always I, just I don't know when it comes to like Nazi Germany or anything Holocaust. I'm always uh, wondering how yeah. far is that envelope being pushed. pushed. So, and I mean, this adding was, it to the list. <laughs> this was also a different time in in 
in history. And True. so the, some things were more acceptable, even exactly. if they weren't acceptable at the time. Yeah. You know, than they are today. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? And on who this, knows? yeah. And <laughs> anyway, I, I'm dis- now dissecting Mel Brooks and, and um, his intent on things and whether or not things are actually <laughs> funny or should be funny. Whoa. <laughs> <What> is- <laughs> I love it. So in your mouth, listeners, besides Joey being hysterical, a little background. So Joey is a writer and editor, a TV radio personality. Hello. Lifestyle expert, former entertainment publicist and author of Basic Bitchin. He was most recently editor at large of CBS Interactive's Chowhound, where he managed the site's food and travel editorial content. His work has also been featured in major outlets like Food and Wine, People, CNET, InStyle, Yahoo, Travel and Leisure, Lonnie, and BuzzFeed. You know, those... I like to those pad random, the resume a bit. Yeah, those random <laughs> things. I never heard of them. <laughs> in addition, he is the host of Awesomeness TV's Dish This. Um, and has appeared on Wendy Williams, CNN, HLN, NBC, CBS, Sirius XM, and other news. I mean, this list goes they on and on. You sound like a douchebag. No, not at all. I mean, we celebrate everyone here, especially uh, all the accolades. Drop all the names. Like this Love. is this is incredible, and you've come a long way. And the and the children need to know if they don't know already. My favorite part of your career also is before your career in writing, he was the publicist for TLC, serving as the PR lead for the network's highest rate, uh, rated series like Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, My Strange Addiction, and My Crazy Obsession. Yeah, that's, that quite, life. A re- that's quite a resume. <laughs> I mean, a resume. I've always been this way. It's like I, I pour my heart, soul, energy, tears into work. And as a result, I'm now a, you know, single 33-year-old self-loathing homosexual. And I mean, it's just ca- all about career. I so. mean, is there anywhere, <laughs> any other way to be? <laughs> no. no, apparently not. <laughs> Paying too much for a studio apartment in Hell's Kitchen. You know? <laughs> there you go. Ding, ding, ding. You found me. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've just been very career focused. But it's been interesting. It's been an interesting trajectory because, you know, I started in... I always knew, I was always drawn to entertainment, television, lifestyle, just anything that was media related. And I started behind the scenes and, you know, initially I thought maybe I should have gone into school or gone to school for broadcast journalism. Instead, I did communications, kept it very, very broad. And I thought, why don't I approach this from the opposite uh, or in an opposite way where I do everything behind the scenes. I know what everybody does from producers to publicists to marketing teams to ad sales, and then put myself in front of the camera after I know what everyone else does, as opposed to the opposite where people try to get the skills, you know, and broadcast, which is it's a fine route to take, but I didn't want to start out in like podunk Kansas making $17,000 a year being, uh, you know, a str- like a reporter. Like, it just wouldn't work for me. So I kind of just flipped the script a little bit. And it's been tough and probably a lot more difficult. But um, I think an interesting way to approach uh, media. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and what a and what a slingshot. I mean, at 33, you've accomplished so much, and your and the trajectory seems to be definitely on an upswing for you. It's really funny the way this happened, actually, because I saw you on Wendy Williams. How you doing? How you and- doing? <laughs> Do you know I had to practice that like 70 times in a row? And then when it came out when I was on TV, it was so not the way I planned it. Because I can do a, how you doing? You know, yeah. like I just did how it. How you doing? But on the like show, I was like, how you doing, Wendy? It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And we're going to talk about that Wendy moment for sure, because there's a there's a really funny thing that I thought happened. Yeah, I know and, what it is. And you just you just kept trucking. Yeah. Right. Because oh, Wendy's me, very special. I can't um, wait to dissect that. I, lo- I live, laugh, lasagna, all about it. Um, and and so I recently was on the Whispering Hunties podcast. Right. Which is a RuPaul's Drag Race uh, recap podcast. Shout out to you, Whispering Hunties. And you know one of the hosts, me, yes. John, right? Is yes. That and he goes, uh, when we finish recording, he goes, oh my God, you need to uh, meet my friend Joey. And I was like, Joey? Joey who? He's like, Joey Spladini. And I was like, wait a minute, why does that name sound familiar? And I had literally just written your name down to reach out to you, Amazing. to invite you on this podcast. So I go, that's really weird. I, I feel like I'm a little bit of a witch. I love it. High, if you will. And yes. I, I completely, I li- completely like conjured you. I go, you will never believe that I legit just wrote his name down and you just spoke <laughs> it to me. And so it. he goes, yeah, I'll totally connect to you and whatnot. So I am so excited to have you here, but let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So how did you end up as this food maven coming from, you know, being Mama June's like publicist, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> like that, that trajectory, like, I don't, yeah. I want to know that. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah, you know, I food, I always say I'm a professional eater, not a professional chef. So while I've always had an appreciation and love for food and travel, which, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, I was never wanting to always be in the kitchen. I never wanted to work in restaurants. I grew up in restaurants. My dad had restaurants. Um, and I, it's what's funny is I was actually the pickiest of eaters when I was a really little kid. And um, I don't know, it was always just a passion of mine. And uh, I started in entertainment because I just loved entertainment. I, like, I just was obsessed with the celebrity world. And then um, naturally, when I switched from PR, I became a TV editor and just started writing about TV shows. And that was really fun and something I'd probably still be doing up to this day, but I was laid off. And actually, they shuttered our New York office, was moving everybody to San Francisco. And I was like, no, ma'am, I am a New York queen. I, sorry to you, SF gays, just not my vibe. But um, so I was like, I'm going to try to just make it work and freelance. And one of the first jobs that was presented to me was just doing editorial for Food & Wine. And they had a digital property called FWX. It was targeted towards millennials. It was very voicey and fun. It was just a different approach to food. So that's how I kind of got my start. It was like four or five years ago. And it, it just stuck. I, I, I really enjoy writing about food in creative and fun ways. I think food obviously is universal. It's, it's very culture defining. It, I always say if there's, uh, if there's any way to really get to know someone, break bread with them and eat something um, you know, that represents who they are and their experience and, and, and their culture, because it really is a full sensory experience. You utilize all of your senses. And, um, I, I just, I, I loved it. And then I pivoted a bit because I, instead of writing, you know, articles, I was like, gosh, you know, I'm getting sent 
hundreds of cookbooks, literally. And while so many of them are great and aspirational, none were inspirational for me. You know, I, I'm, again, I'm not professional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Shangela. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I do come to work though. But um, I, I just felt like there wasn't a self-deprecating, funny cookbook that kind of played into something that was having a moment, which is like the basic bitch lifestyle. And I thought there was just a void in that space. So I, I sat on this idea for a bit. And then I went to my boss and I was like, I, I really want to write this cookbook. I want to pivot. So I went from then doing more like articles and, you know, traditional journalism to writing this book for a year. So yeah, that's, and it's incredible. And it's a stunning book. And we're totally going to get to the book for sure, obviously. But I want to know, like, yeah. Do you cook? Like, where where did the cooking come into play? Nah, like, I don't. Did... I'm a I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. No, but like, <laughs> you no, know, I know you cook. Like, yeah. but like, where did yeah. where did those skills come from? I don't have them. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, I just I don't have like I it's it's mortifying sometimes when I'm asked to do videos. When I did Wendy and I was asked to cook on live television. I should have been wearing depends because I wanted to shit Isn't myself. that the scariest? Is cooking uh, on television is a scary oh my experience. God, I blacked out. But um <laughs> no I, joke. Uh, yeah. No joke because blacked I did out. a morning show once about brunch cocktails years ago and they don't tell you like that shit moves so fast oh, and you have yeah. to be move, 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 yes. move, move. And then it's like, wait a minute, where did the time go? I'm not even done. Yeah. It's really, really scary. It's Terrifying. a scary experience. A scary experience. Terrifying. Yeah. But um. But yeah. To what you're asking, like I, like I said, it just food's always been a passion. It's been. I've come from a big Italian family. We're stereotypically like love to eat everything under the sun. But um, I, I, I just always love cooking. It's always been a stress reliever for me. I love hosting. Um, not just with my grinder hookups, but like actual parties and, you know, making <laughs> oh, my- you're, you're, you're a party and play queen. I see. <laughs> yeah, I wish. God, my life would be so much more fun. Um, uh, <laughs> and you'd probably be dead. No. I'd probably be <laughs> no, dead. No. I, this would be the Holy Spirit talking to you. I do not want that for you. I don't, I- <laughs> I don't either. I can't do drugs. I'm just like, no. I don't have the patience. I, my personality is already like I'm on drugs. I would absolutely die. Oh my God. Um, I, uh, Part, speaking of and shameless plug here, one yeah. of my merch uh, items is like a grinder shirt that says "into" and then it says "mouth stuff." Uh, <laughs> I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you need that in your life. <laughs> FYI, you I can go to themoonnest.com. Anyway, yeah, when guys are like, "What are you into?" and I'm just like, anything that involves my mouth, and that's like honestly very serious. <laughs> like it's very true. Like I don't need anal. Like I, just anything in with my mouth. Like a work, a work. Imitating life. Yeah, life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but what happened is, so I had this like arsenal of recipes that I've cooked over the years. And I will not lie, I would say a majority of them were things that I made three in the morning coming back from the club when I just, I don't want to order something on Seamless. I want like something that's quick and easy. So I brought in a recipe developer to help hone in on like, measurements and what this would look like to the general population because I can't just say, oh, a dash of hot sauce. No, that's got to be like a quarter teaspoon, you know? So she did a lot of the translations mathematically for me. And um, yeah, so th those turned into full-fledged recipes. And 
and yeah, so my, everything that I had, you know, developed over these years was just kind of put into a cookbook, but I've always had a love for cooking. I just, I don't, I don't cut things right. I don't cook things right. And that's what this book is all about. You are, you are allowed to fail. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And that's really a trend. And obviously, uh, Amazon delivered something to me because Miss Thing just dinged in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the trend these days. And I mean, full circle Rachel Ray of it all. You know, she's not a, she's not a measurement queen. No. And it's just, it's like this needs to be kind of quick and easy and it, it could be a little sloppy and and it's just, it is what it is, you know, macaroni in a pot. Yes. <laughs> you know? I mean, that being said though, I actually do love baking because baking is all about precision and measurement. So when I start spiraling, because I'm very, I'm hyper-organized, I'm, I'm definitely like levels of OCD. I know people like Khloe Kardashian toss that term around when they're not diagnosed. Like, I legitimately can be diagnosed OCD. I have specific ticks and triggers. And um, so I love baking because I do feel like it's an organized, you know, process and everything's about precision. So that was actually really fun because it forced me to kind of jump out of my comfort zone a little bit with the approach that I take to cooking and actually be like, oh no, like if you go over that teaspoon of baking powder, that shit's going to blow up in your oven and you're going to have a mess, <laughs> you know? So it's like twofold. It's like, while I do love the improvisation aspect of cooking, I also live for the measurements of baking. So um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really fun. And I mean, just running a um, custom cake business out of my 120 square feet apartment once upon a time many many <laughs> moons ago in my in my trajectory yeah, yeah baking is just a different beast mm-hmm. altogether and it's you can't just throw things like you no. le- legit just cannot throw things no around no nope. like a cheesecake needs specific measurements ju- just like a cupcake you i know? mean but even even speaking about cheesecake you stir it one one too many times that thing's gonna crack down the middle have a loose exactly right? i know and i'm learning these things along the way it's almost like i'm it, what was cool about this book and working with the recipe developer is that you know what i got what i felt like i was an expert in was communicating how to do these things that i didn't personally know to the everyday person i wanted to dumb it down that's why i have a whole section on what you should stock in your pantry what kitchen tools are you know must haves nice to have would be a you know blessing if you got it as a christmas gift but um i yeah that's i i've loved it because it's been education for me and but I do think if I were to go to school, like and have a formal education, I would do kind of. I, I think I'd do baking over cooking. I would do like a pastry, um, yeah, because I, I kind just, of love. Yeah. I kind of love the fact that I and we are self-taught in yeah. that sense because there's more of um, dare I say, a risk. There's more. There's more of a an investment, you know, because you want to figure it out. There's a passion behind it. There's like a, how how does this work? Oh, would this taste good in there? Oh yeah, and then like you're like kind of learning and and putting things together yourself as opposed mm-hmm. to having someone be like, no, th- this has to be like this because this has to be like this, and this yeah. is why. And it's not as rigid. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what I love. And your book, we might as well just get fully into it. Your book <laughs> is stunning. Uh, yeah. And just, I love the photos. I love the humor throughout it. It's really, really beautifully shot. There's 
about a ton of cocktails. I, w- I was scrolling through the book and I was like, where, where are the recipes? All I see is, I was like, this gay a boy. A basic bitch loves to drink. <laughs> Come on now. I had to start with a good cocktail. 90% session. cocktails, 10% <laughs> recipes. No, not really. It's, re- it's very evenly balanced, actually. And it's really, really fun. And there's a lot of fun titles and... Um, labels for your recipes. I just I just really, really love like the whole thing as a whole. It's really beautiful. So Thank congratulations. You. Thank on you. That. Yeah. And what was that journey like? It was awesome. You know, I Ever since I was little, I've said I've wanted to publish a book. And I never in a million years did I think it would be a cookbook. You know, I thought it would be some sort of self-deprecating memoir after I'm a famous actor or something that I like, you know, envisioned when I was younger. But I always knew I wanted to be published. And I was the type of kid when guys were out playing, uh, you know, hot box. And um, actually, I shouldn't say hot, hot box anymore because hot box is, has two different meanings, I've learned. And it means like also like, I guess, farting under a blanket. Yeah. No, I was like- hot box <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia was literally a game that you played that had two bases on opposite sides and you would throw a ball back and forth and tag people. <laughs> so I need to stop using that reference. People think that like, I'm talking about farting under covers. Yeah, yeah, anyway, let's just say baseball. You, you have a flatulence. <laughs> fetish. I, I feel it. I, I oh really God, feel it. No way. Right? No, because I wasn't playing hot box. <laughs> uh, but while people were playing like baseball, kickball, let's say, hotbox, hot box, I sausage. was at home like, <laughs> I was stapling together pieces of paper and writing my own books, you know, as like a five-year-old. And so to see just this idea that I had randomly and was shocked by the way that it didn't exist. When I typed in basic bitchin into Google and I saw that nobody had done anything, immediately it went to GoDaddy, immediately trademarked that shit because I was like, this is so brilliant. How has there not been a basic bitch cookbook? There um, used to be a show back in the day um, called Bitch in Kitchen. Uh, bitch right? in Kitchen. Yes. And she and I actually came up together via like side by side. We were doing very similar things when blogging was at like the forefront, like when blogging like really was new. Yeah. And she and I were like side by side and I wanted the gay version of her show. Yeah. Um, and that was in treatment for a while, actually. I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast. <laughs> that, yeah, there was a gay show that was like a gay version of Bitch and Kitchen in treatment for a while out in LA with me um, that never came to be for yeah, yeah. a million reasons. But uh, yeah, Bitch and Kitchen was like the closest thing maybe that was the that. closest thing that popped up yeah, yeah obviously you know but completely different yeah like, very approaches different. um but obviously using bitch in the title yeah, yeah and um yeah so i just jumped on it but to see that process and see it play out was so surreal for me honestly people are like it must have been so difficult to write that book i obviously was very blessed hashtag to have a recipe developer but the writing portion was very easy for me it was very natural it was it just it was something i was waiting my entire life to do and i approached it in a way that was really fun and personalized so I would go back into old Facebook statuses and see what resonated just among my friends and what, you know, provided a lot of engagement or yielded a lot of engagement, a lot of likes. And I would kind of morph these personal stories into food memories that I also had or, 
you know, because, and that's what's kind of funny about the book. Like I write about avocado toast, but it's tied to my obsession with gospel choirs. So I, it's just, that's just how I approach writing. And I wrote a lot of these titles before I even wrote the head notes. So I'm very like punny, I would say. And to just see it come together and then have David Luciano, who is a photographer, like shoot everything the, exactly how I wanted it. You know, I wanted bright, colorful. It just Yeah, was, and the photos oh, are stunning. The photos oh are God, really, really beautiful. He did an incredible job. He's amazing. And he works actually with his wife, Claudia, who uh, is the food stylist and chef. So they're such an amazing team. And I was so fortunate to have Simon & Schuster sign off on them. Um, but yeah, it was just to make a long freaking story short. It was an amazing process. It's so quick. That's the other thing that you don't even realize it. Uh, it only took like a year essentially to do this. Um, I love but- that you're so upbeat about it because other people who've been on In Your Mouth really yeah. are like, please don't. You know what? If you're going to write a book, write like a memoir or something. Don't write I a know. cookbook because it's, a, it's really labor intensive. It is, but I will say the thing that bothered me the most about the process was that I just had to put this out during a pandemic. You know, I had me being the publicist, I had a certain vision of how I wanted to promote it. I had a partnership with William Sonoma. It was going to be a 10 city book tour. I had all of these, you know, PR ideas when, you know, it was originally supposed to come out in May. It came out in August. And um, it just, a lot of people weren't doing in studio cooking segments. Some people still aren't. So it just, I'm disturbed by, you know, that process. Um, But overall, overall it was a very positive experience. And I love it. I love it. And we're going to tell the kids where they can get it towards the end of the podcast. But right now, I want to take a quick break to take you and introduce you to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. Are you ready, Joey, for a little bit of food news update? Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. A Dairy Queen in Minnesota was stunned when over 900 cars participated in a pay-it-forward chain. Love it. Pay it forward. These are hard times, people. Right? Isn't that cute? I mean, this thing went on for two days and it happened, thanks Delish.com, at a Dairy Queen located in Brainerd, Minnesota. And oh dear, they're so nice in Minnesota. Aren't they? <laughs> Store manager Tina told the outlet that one man started the movement on December 3rd when he decided to pay for a woman's order behind him. When she informed the woman of the man's random act of kindness, she wanted to keep it going. And so this thing lasted for two days. And even at the end of the first day, the last car through the drive through was like, oh, well, here's $20 to start it again tomorrow. Ugh. I love that so much. Right? Especially now, especially these days, you know, when everything's going on. It's really, I say one thing in that article, um, that holiday gift guide for West 42nd Street, our neighborhood magazine, uh, that is like, we've learned through this uh, pandemic to be like, you know, really giving to take care of each other to like, you know, look out for each other a little bit more, I think. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I yeah. just loved reading this story. The kitchen crew was like, "Are we really still going?" Um, and she was like, "Yep, we're still going." Um, that's in crazy. That's really crazy. That. At the end of it all, the Dairy Queen made ten thousand dollars in sales, and the kindness spanned over nine hundred vehicles at the drive. It's amazing. That yeah, right? like, 
Yeah, I I feel like there are a lot of annoying people in the world right now <laughs> who feel like they have a voice when they should not. <laughs> yeah, um, some people need cough, to stop. stop stop the steal people. Oh my god! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some know, people need to stop talking. They need to stop their voices. <laughs> but so this is re- this kind of um, restores my faith in humanity a bit. I love, I love this it. Story. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're here for you, Minnesota and this yeah. Dairy Queen. We are here for you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Chipotle has a Miley Cyrus burrito on its online menu and it's inspired by her favorite order. <laughs> I figured you... <laughs> I figured you'd live for this. <laughs> is it made with like beef tongue? Because she's so used to sticking out her tongue and like everything. <laughs> I mean, I love Miley though. <laughs> uh, Miley's a complete vibe with that raspy voice and that mullet these days. What's I mean, in it? What's her order? Well, apparently there's this whole like movement on TikTok that um, people are tagging. If Miley comments, I'll do X. You know, so if Miley comments, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll name my kid, whatever she says. If Miley That's comments, right. yeah. I'll shave my head. I didn't even know that this was, thing was happening. And apparently, Miley Cyrus has been really bored during this pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that like she hops on people's random TikToks and comments. Yeah, I And love so that. Chipotle got in the game saying, if Miley comments, we'll name, uh, we'll put a Miley burrito in the app. And she did. So smart. Whoever works in Chipotle's marketing department, you absolutely deserve a raise. Right? So now they have the guac is extra, but so is Miley burrito. And it's inspired by her favorite order. It's made with guac, white rice, black beans, fajita veggies, roasted chili corn salsa, tomatillo salsa, and romaine lettuce. Do people actually have specific Chipotle orders? Because I feel like when I go, it's just like, give me everything. (laughs) Yeah, everything. And can I get... And the way to ask for extra without paying for it is... Oh, can I just have a little more? Oh, smart. Yeah, I used to do that. Or get get two different proteins, I found is another way. Yeah. Because they never really kind of do like a half scoop of each. It's like a full scoop of each. So I like doing the sofritos, tofu, whatever, with a little chicken moment. <laughs> Are you vegetarian? No. Hell oh, no. you just love that. Sofritos. I actually just posted something on my Instagram um, that said, is he gay or just vegan? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always so confused with some of these like Insta thoughts. I'm like, is he gay or is he just Just really compassionate towards animals? (laughs) Or he just really loves his plants. He loves his plants and he loves his six pack as like I'm rotting from the inside out eating like beef jerky at 8 (laughs) a.m. Oh my God. I've had a shout out to you, Chipotle, because you're delicious, but I've had to take a break because you could set your watch to like a Chipotle meal. You know that in 15 minutes, you are going to be running to the toilet, you know? That's funny because I used to be that way in college. Like it was so bad. Like Chipotle destroyed me. That's like the only way I stayed skinny fat. Like I would eat whatever I wanted and then I would just go to Chipotle and like shit out everything I ate that week. But um, now I'm like good. It's like I've developed a Chipotle immunity. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, it's Chipotle's delicious. And I have a really sensitive stomach, but it doesn't affect me the same way anymore. No, like, no, there is no Chipotle and no bottoming in the same day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about bottoming. That's not it. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to refrain from commenting, but <laughs> hey, a food editor cannot bottom because there are too many things that go into my body, and a penis is not going to be one of them. <laughs> now, that's a sound bite for the ages. <laughs> there you go. Just going to keep feeding it to you. And they, right used to, they used to call me the sound bite queen. I think I've met my match, honey. Anywho, you better believe. You yeah. Better believe. So we are here for you, Chipotle. No matter, <laughs> no matter if we can bottom or not. And finally, speaking of not bottoming, McDonald's is serving up a bowl of melted cheddar cheese for all your dipping needs. What the fuck? <laughs> I kind of love it though. Yep. I'm here for it. So shout out to you, McDonald's Brazil, because oh. the fast food chain just launched an oozing bowl of melted cheddar cheese that will have you dipping your burgers, french fries, and beyond. I love you, delish.com. You give me like the best like food news content. Just a bowl of cheese. I just kind a bowl of here for it. It looks like the, the movie theater cheese, like the nacho cheese. That's oh, what it looks all right. Like. You know, but do they and, not serve it though? With like, I mean, I'm sure they want you to dip their fries in it, and maybe that's like part of the marketing. But like, are they going to come out with a chip? <laughs> no, I mean, it's there's literally a somebody dipping a whopper. In, not a whopper. Uh, Oops, wrong. Uh, <laughs> a big uh, mac. Oh, child. <laughs> a, a, a big mac. Excuse me. Excuse me. A big mac into the, this really gross looking bowl of plastic. This plastic bowl of melty cheese. 3 a.m. after like 13 tequila sodas, I would absolutely be into this. Oh idea. my God. We are totally best friends. Tequila soda splash of pineapple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Except I don't, here's the thing I am a sauce whore. Like, I, it's a dream to actually come up. I shouldn't put this in a universe because someone's going to steal my idea. I have like a really good cookbook idea that's just about like, sauce but also with alcohol like with a double entendre um and i but i don't go towards a cheese sauce usually i'm like truly into a honey mustard a barbecue no i'm a a buffalo queen a buffalo ranch buffalo ranch yeah yeah Oh, <laughs> oh you're I'm like not a honey it. mustard boy. Like oh. I'm wearing a shirt with French fries on it. French fries are my favorite food of all time. I will dip into any honey mustard you give me and be so happy. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not here for the honey mustard. I'm wow. Here for like, well, it's uh, been a great podcast. I hope you was, have a it, good life. It was nice to have you. <laughs> it was nice to have you. And with that, that's the end of Food News Update. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I feel so updated. All these current events. I'm so glad. I'm Listen, a- it's a break from the real news and we all true. need it now. I so go, true. I want to go back to hotboxing for a minute. <laughs> um, and, and growing up in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And just, um, I always say that our stories matter because we never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. And what was growing up in Atlanta, Georgia like? And there, and two-part question here, coming out in that space. Sure, yeah. So I actually left Atlanta, Georgia in fourth grade, and I would say most of my life grew up in Naples, Florida, but I would say that's even more conservative. Not Naples. Yeah, Naples, Florida is where I grew up. More, I would say more conservative than Atlanta, especially now, because, hey, Georgia's blue. Um, Four-year-old, four-year-old Joey was like, I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm going to Naples. Legit, I mean. Florida. I would say, like, my coming out story started um, at childbirth. <laughs> like, I think I, like, came out wearing... Like, I was a stereotypical gay guy. I like some gays. 
we all come in different shapes and sizes. I hate to stereotype because I think that, you know, perpetuates all of these different, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, things that society says you have to be if you're gay or not. I, I, I hate them. I hate stereotypes. But I came out with like freaking red patent leather pumps on and was like, hey, world, you know, and I was probably like, grossed out by the fact that a vagina was near me. Um, <laughs> so I, my parents knew I was, let's put it in air quotes, special <laughs> or yeah. unique, you know, okay. or he, he dances to the beat of his own drummer. That's what eccentric. they always say. Well, uh, eccentric. I, I'm an yeah. old queen from way back. They used to call us eccentric. <laughs> eccentric. What, what did they say? Musical? That was like, <laughs> you know, yes. um, I don't know if that was more derogatory, but um, <laughs> I just said it. Whoopsie. Um, anyway, so they I was always pretty like effeminate and um so that was a struggle for me you know I I I always but I never I had parents that were amazing because they never forced me to be anything different you know and they always just encouraged me to really honestly dance to be my own drummer and like you know, shake off the haters and, and they knew there was something special in me and and they wanted to foster that. And they, at the same time, wanted to also protect me. And, um, because I was severely bullied and, uh, it carried into, you know, high school. And I think because of that, I did wait so long to actually come out and say the words that I'm gay. And I waited until 22 when I was after college and, you know, even though I was the theater kid in high school, I was the one who, you know, would wear really short shorts and, you know, had a little, you know, little Naomi Campbell stride to his walk. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I just was not comfortable. And then it became almost a selfish thing because you, are, I mean, people can understand this. We, we, elder, not, I wouldn't want to say elder gays, but I would say 30 plus, you know, millennials, it still wasn't culturally acceptable to be gay for a significant part of our childhoods and, you know, early adulthood. And I was looking to people like Anderson Cooper, who had careers that I really, really wanted to emulate, but I knew I was like, Anderson Cooper has to be gay, but he wasn't publicly out at the time. So I selfishly in my mind was like, I don't want to do anything that is going to be detrimental to my career. You know, I, I, and because my life is my career and I wanted to hold on to that. And it was a selfish decision to come out late. And I graduated college though. And then I realized as being gay was more accepted and actually something I could use to my advantage in the media industry, because everybody's a damn homo. (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm coming out now. My mom actually put me on the spot. And uh, I I started dating my first, it was my first relationship. He broke my heart. We're supposed to go on a Cape Cod vacation. And then he just broke up with me. And I was like, whatever. I really only wanted to go to the potato chip factory anyway. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, She knew something was up and she called me out and I just had a full breakdown and um, the rest is history. And I, I did start with, with saying the whole, but I like women too. You know, I'm just confused. And I do believe in bisexuality and that's not yeah. a knock to anyone who yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. bi. We talk, about that, but, uh, we talk about that a lot, like bisexuality yeah. as like a gateway to uh, coming out because, yeah. because, you know, it like allegedly softens the blow, but actually it just mm-hmm. causes more confusion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel bad for people who are bisexual uh, yeah. because I feel like it, it, it hurts their story, you know, and their, mm place in society because people you know i just had this conversation the other day they're like 
so many people are like, if you can like the opposite sex, then why don't you just do that? It's easier. No, things are more complicated. Humans are complicated. This is why I hate these social constructs of what we're supposed to be. Nothing is black and white when it comes to humans. Nothing. Personality, Nothing gender, um, you know, sexuality, interests. So why, why, why put gender sexuality in such black and white categories when everything yeah. else is so diverse? I don't know. I'm going off yeah. on a freaking... No, no, no. And I mean, it's beautiful that you have a supported mom, a supportive mom. Shout out to all the moms out there, yes. right? Uh, carrying their gay kids through, you know, <laughs> through adulthood yeah. and keeping us like alive, you know? And even my mom to this day, she, the other day when uh, Elliot Page came out mm-hmm. as trans uh, before coffee, we were on FaceTime and my mom had a lot of questions, a yeah. lot of questions. And she was like, I'm just, I'm just so confused and this and that. And I go, it is great. I go, it is not so great that you called me before I had my coffee for me to like give you a full explanation about this. This is <laughs> yeah. a lot for like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But I go, ask the questions. I go, I'd much rather you ask yes. me a question yeah. and... And like, we'll figure this out together. I'll get you the resources so that you understand that things aren't so black and white, you know? Yes. And, and you're focusing the on the questions. wrong things. Yeah, ask yes. the and don't, so shout out to the moms. And that's the problem with this country. And I think the, in the grand scheme of things is that people would rather wallow around in their own ignorance instead of asking the right questions and ed- giving themselves an education on other people's experiences. I think that's, you know, we look at this whole, everything that's going on in the world, not to make your podcast super serious right now. No, but, um, no, but this is what it's about. And this but, is what, yeah, uh, this is exactly what it's about. And yeah. this is what uh, this has turned into and why I love doing this so much in celebrating people like you is that through this food lens, through talking about basic bitching, through talking about and getting to know you and your journey, right? Because we're still talking about potato chips and how he broke your heart. <laughs> yeah. Um is that we get we get to see a different side of things a different yes. we we get to see your story and 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 talk about things in a different way through a different lens that we may not yeah. get to see otherwise you know Very which is true. important we're not the anderson coopers we're not no. the andy cohens we're not you know um and this is i always say it's more tangible like we're more yes. tangible yeah so uh, so it's important it is important. And I, and you know, and yeah, and I appreciate you even giving people like me a platform to speak my mind, <laughs> you know, yeah, this podcast, thought, you know. Yeah, I, I always thought this podcast was going to be about me and be gay and fun and can't be all about me, me, me. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. There are those solo episodes, right? And I'm sure there'll be more solo episodes, right? Because the gay, the gay food liberties will certainly run out, but I hope not. But I mean, it's always been about celebration of somebody else. And now yeah. even that I'm promoting my merch, it's really weird. Like self-promotion is really weird all of a yeah. sudden to me because it's never been about me. It's been about our stories and our, mm-hmm. our experiences, right? And yeah. through, through food, full circle, mm-hmm. all again, that like, you know, we, a lot of things happen around the table. Yes. You know, and, and are food centered, right? And this yes. is and this is one of them. And speaking of your boyfriend, right? Transitioning right there, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get the answer to the question that was never answered on Wendy Williams. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. 
<laughs> that you completely ignored her. I did right? not hear her. That is the gag of it all. Because you know, like... You I ignored think, her. Girl, you ignored her. <laughs> swear on my life. Swear on my entire career that I didn't hear her. So literally, swear, swear on my life and my career I didn't hear her. Because I would have loved to respond to that and been like, why? Do you have someone for me? I, I did. That's why I said right before, what'd you say? I, you have four and a half minutes to breeze through recipes yeah. while also answering questions that I didn't know she was going to ask about Mama June. So I just completely blacked out. And I'm just trying to get through it because people, people forget. It's not just me and her having a conversation. It's also producers, cameramen holding up signs, telling me, move on to the next recipe and 20 seconds left. And I yeah, just people like, holding up. And if you've never yeah. been in that experience before, like the producers or the cameramen, like holding up their fingers, and yes. you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" You have and to wrap. It's live. Yeah. It's a live show. They have commercials. You have to yeah. cut commercials to commercials. And so, oh God, I wish I want to go back just because I want to kick off the segment, being like, "Hi, I'm single." Like, <laughs> because I got dragged a little bit for that on social oh, really? media. People are like, "Yeah," people are like you were so rude to not answer her question. Oh. I'm like, "Bitch, I am single and proud. Like, I don't care." There were two of us out there, me and uh, my friend Alberto. Hey, Alberto. Uh, like, we were texting about you, that, and that's how I like found you, right? And we we're yeah. like, he was like, "Are you watching Wendy? This Hell's Kitchen?" I we were like, oh my God, Wendy, Wendy Williams is so shady because she was like, where do you live at Hell's Kitchen? She's yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm, right? And I was like, shady, Wendy Williams. Yeah. And then we were like, did he not answer her question? I and know. We were, we were living for it though. We were like, he was like, nope, not answering. Well, and this is the soup. Oh my but God. We didn't no. think you were rude at all. The I'd, gag I think, though yeah. is I, so I blacked out obviously. And yeah. after I was done, I was like, I don't know how the hell that went because I just had no recollection of what just happened. So the producer, who's also gay, um, brought me into the green room and he's like, that was so good. He's like, also, it was so funny when you ignored Wendy's question. And I was like, wait, what question did I ignore? And he was like, the one when she asked about your boyfriend. I'm like, she asked me if I had a boyfriend? (laughs) I flipped out. And then I had one of those moments where I was like, what the fuck else did I say or not say? And I then re-question, I questioned every part of my career and I called my mom crying in the car on the way home being like, I'm going into real estate. I'm never doing this again. Like it was one of those moments because I had no idea what was going on in those four and a half minutes. So no, no, you know, I personally think you didn't come off that way. I was like, well, tell the people on YouTube that because they fucking hate me. Oh, well, no. Well, maybe they'll listen to this. And yeah, and and you'll be redeemed because uh, I didn't I didn't get that sense from you all the time because if I got that sense I'd be like ugh right and I wouldn't have yeah. invited you on this pod you yeah. know because that's not my vibe um, and you know Wendy is so like blase sometimes she's like sure. she couldn't be bothered like she uh, well, more often than yeah. not she can't be bothered with things like even during her like giveaway segments she's like uh huh totally. mm-hmm. and she's always doing something else which well, is I was the thrown also because the first question or the first thing she said was that I said that I was Mama June's chef yeah it's not true <laughs> like I never yeah. said that I was when I was Mama June's publicist I was 25 I wasn't going to shout that I was the chef of a woman who eats roadkill and sketty like that is <laughs> not my gig so 
uh, granted, listen, I didn't hold it against Wendy. She's interviewed thousands of people and yeah. she very, you know, Mama June's probably been on the show again since, you know, I'd worked with her and maybe someone did say that and she thought it was me. Like, I don't know. That's why I wasn't yeah. faulting her. But to have that be the very first thing she says and I'm like supposed to just start cooking and I'm just like, uh, like, how do I correct you in a way to like make it so that people know I was yeah. not Mama June Chef? <laughs> In your mouth, listeners, or as now a new merch item is coming out, and I'm calling you the mouthfuls, mouthfuls, (laughs) um, whatchamacallit, you need to understand that these things happen so fast. Um, I don't know if you know, but uh, I there's a documentary that just came out called Dear Santa, and I've been getting a little bit of press because of this gay boy's letter that I answered, right, that is actually featured in this documentary um, last year, right? And so I've been... It all happened very quickly. And I was like, wait a minute, how did this even get out? Whatever. So I've been doing like a mini press circuit for this documentary that I have a hot four minutes in. It's not even about me. I love Um, it though. And it's beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. And go out and watch Dear Santa. It's the holiday movie of the season. But I was on the news in Chicago and I had, they gave me the list of questions to be prepped for this and that. Mm -hmm. You're on the news. We went and this uh, reporter asked me nothing what she was supposed to ask me. Of course. Uh, asked me about the inner workings of the postal service. I don't work yeah. for the post office, but I had to pivot and make it up, right? Asked me about other volunteers. We're volunteers. Yeah. I don't know all the volunteers. Like, yeah. we're not like one group. It's no. like, you just choose to volunteer and you do your thing alone or yeah. you don't, you know? Yeah, and so I had yeah. to pivot. So when that ended, I was like, oh my God, I made up a bunch of stuff. All of that was factual, but you know? And then you sit there and you question yourself. Oh my God, that was terrible. I sounded like an idiot. I know. On. You and then you have a moment. Walk, yeah. And you have a moment with it. Yeah. So like, kudos to you. You did fabulous. I mean, I just, great. I do have the luxury though, because I was a publicist. So, and I would media train my talent telling them exactly what I did on, you know, like yeah. don't, you will have questions in advance, but do not expect for those questions to be asked. So you need to have a backup plan right in the moment. And it was funny. It was a, it was a test for what I was preaching, you know, for many years. And I was like, Oh God, I hope I delivered, but apparently I ignored a question and whatever I'm single. It's fine. Um, let me keep telling people that I'm single. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised you're not getting the kids sliding into your DMs. I've gotten quite a few, but I've had to put a few on mute too. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, yes. Listen, well, you <laughs> give them the Instagram so they can keep sliding into those DMs. Yes, it's at Joey Skladani. Um, yeah, yes, uh, I should have said it at the beginning of the pod because the face is really cute, y'all. And we have a rule here on In Your Mouth. If someone slides into your DMs because they heard you here, you have to share. All right? Okay. <laughs> it's It's a rule, all right? The pictures are kept between us, but we're sharing, y'all. Because what? Sharing is caring. caring. Yes. You know what? I don't usually share my food, but I will share the men. Yeah. Listen. Um, listen. It's a, a socially distant sharing because, you know, we can't do... We can't, we can't be that. involved. We can't do that. Nah, not doing not that. going to be a super spreader. <laughs> This has been so much fun and I could do this forever with you. All right, let's oh do it. Oh <laughs> let's keep going. God. It's the four hour podcast that nobody uh, no, asked for, but you're nope, getting nope, anyway. No, 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 no. They hate no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know what? Let's leave the kids with like your one quick tip for the holiday season. Yeah. Drink a lot. No. <laughs> um, honestly, As if we're not listen. already. 
2020 has been a rough year. I think people go into this time of year with a lot of anxiety, especially when it comes to how much maybe you're eating or drinking. Just freaking do you. And you know what? I Everyone hates putting pressure on like new year, new you. But I think this year we're allowed to go in with that mindset. 2021 is going to be different. We have hope. We have, you know, a vaccine. We have hope when it comes to a lot of things actually that are in the news. Like let's ride that hope train. But for now, give yourself the grace to do whatever the hell you want and make yourself happy. If you want to wrap yourself in some string lights and run around Fifth Avenue and ho, ho, ho your way down the street, go for it. Go for it. With a mask on, please. With a mask on, please. Please, because I walked through Times Square last night stupidly thinking, oh, no one's here. It's a pandemic. Nope. Times Square was wall-to-wall people, Uh, teenage girls with no masks, screaming. Gross. Screaming their heads off. And I was like, oh, this was, nope, get out, get out, abort mission. Yeah, Yeah, you know what? So I love that message. I love that message, especially these days. I've been saying, you know what? Self-love is the best kind of love these days. We have to take care of ourselves first. And being a little selfish these days, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, to take care of our mental health and like to get us through this moment. Give the kids all the things, tell them where to find you, tell them where to buy the book, right? Because that needs to be on uh, one of my holiday gift guides. I was just going to say, excuse me, you're talking about these like like, gift guides you're doing. Basic bitch and better be in one of them. Oh my God. Those, (laughs) listen, a holiday gift guide is not easy to write, especially last minute. And then I had to write two of them. Oh, it's, Jesus. It's a lot. It was so much. Well, you're going to need to email your editor and say, sorry, I have an addendum. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honorable no, mention. Yeah, Honorable mention. No, anyone can, you can get my bookstore at, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores, wherever you want to put your money. Um, and you can find me across social media. I never really use Twitter, but um, at Joey Sclodani. Not even dirty Twitter? So I use Twitter. To, oh, actually, someone just like showed me the great porn world of Twitter that I did not know about. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like the the whole the whole thing during the pandemic was creating an alt Twitter account. Some people, I found some people normalize seeing your friends buttholes, a, aka whatever. Oh, I I gosh. shout out shout out to y'all, right? Cuz I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to be that guy, right? But I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, I support you. I do not post. I just peep. I just scroll. <laughs> I love a little peeksy poo, you yeah, know, like, yeah, but no, I mean, I, I just didn't realize there was so much good porn on Twitter. I was like, Ooh. oh my God, it's a oh. whole nother world. I'm like, Pornhub has nothing on this. No. And I like more of the amateur stuff. So yeah, I mean, you could <laughs> even find people doing things with ranch dressing I've seen. Oh, I'm not going that far. <laughs> no, it just pops up with the retweet. Like, so Joey Sclodani uh, across all platforms, Basic Bitchin' is the cookbook. Go out and get it. It's really, really stunning. Give it to, you know, give it to Grandma Rose. Stuff it in her stocking this season. <laughs> Actually, there are a lot of older women that are loving this book because they have given me the same feedback. They're sick of the same old BS of like, this is how you make this and this and this. Like, duh, thank you for this recipe. Thank you for telling me I need to diet in a cookbook. No, this is fun. Grandma will love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what? I may I may put an order in for one to send to somebody now. Why yeah, not? You better. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, we got to Listen, if anything, we got to support each other. It takes yes. a village. You know as well as I do, this food media world is not easy. And no. I love 
the favorite part of what I do here on this podcast is getting to know people like you and creating what I call like my real food wives of you know, the gay world or the, the real gay food gaze of the internet. Oh, that's yeah. better. Here, because, you know, I am the Andy Cohen of food, dear. dear. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving me of your time. This has been really, really great. You have to come back and play with me in I the will. new year, right? Come back. We'll kiki. We'll talk about what the Kardashians aren't eating, right? Yeah. And that's whenever you come back. Perfect. And out there... um, Take care of yourselves, right? We're a week and a half away from Christmas. Ugh, right? I have all the holiday gift guides. And if you don't, it can't be bothered. Just go and buy my merch and buy Joey's book. Easy peasy. There's, there's gifts for all. And I want to thank you all for listening to In Yo. <laughs>